On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, six games into the Toronto Raptors' new era post-OG Ananobi trade. There's lots of good stuff going on. Statistically, there's lots of interesting stuff going on. Today, we dig into six stats from the first six post-trade games and try to parse what's real and what's not. It's all coming up today. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, January the 12th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I'm covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that don't work so good, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can join us over on the Locked On Raptors Discord server, a beautiful place to be. It's a happy place to be these days. Yeah, they're the odd folks dropping in terrible Pascal Siakam trades, but we love those folks as well. Come hang out. Link is in the description. It's free to join. And for my money, this is the best place to talk about the Toronto Raptors on the internet these days, baby. Would love to see you there. Of course, a reminder, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, etc., etc. Always appreciated when you support the show. We are also on YouTube. You can go subscribe to the video version of the show. Just go to our channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the little notification bell. That bell will give you a heads up every single time the episode's about to premiere each and every day, which is perfect for you everydayers out there who never miss an episode, which at this point should be each and every one of you listening to this right now. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five emergency antibiotics to treat 50 plus infections. Get your yours today at jacemedical.com. Use the code locked on for 20 bucks off your order. That's J A S E medical.com. And let's get rolling here. Very excited for today's show. A first time guest who is the queen of stats on Toronto Raptors Twitter. It is Kirtika Utea Kumar from TSN. Kirtika, how's it going? It's awesome to have you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful, thrilled to have you. Of course, those who uh, don't follow you on Twitter are fools. Those who do follow you on Twitter know that you are constantly coming up with extremely good statistical nuggets about your Toronto Raptors through your work with the Toronto Raptors broadcast. And I'm thrilled to have you here today because we have a fun show lined up. We are going to dig in to uh, six stats, three each that we've pulled up. They're surprise stats. We don't know what, you, what each other has pulled out either. No. And dig into whether they are real or not from the first six games of the Toronto Raptors post-OGN and OB trade era. Uh, frankly, let's not waste time. Let's dive right on in. And seeing as you are making your debut appearance on the podcast, I am very excited to give you the floor. Kirtika, what is your first stat that you want to throw at me? A stat from the first six games that we can now discuss whether it is real or not. What you got? Uh, it's going to be the offense. Okay. Uh, 124 points for 100 possessions. They're mm-hmm. scoring since the trade. It Crazy. <laughs> has been, considering what the Raptors were to start the year, and for the first, what, 20 or so games even? 15 mm-hmm. games? Up until, like, I think, after the in-season tournament championship, obviously that they yep. were not in. But that's like the, the, the mark I'm going with. They had a 10-game period when it was also good. It was 10 games before. I think it was at like 120 points mm-hmm. for 100 possessions. 
which is 124 is pretty it's pretty good that's fourth in the nba in january it's crazy the toronto raptors functional offense it's unbelievable offense (laughs) they scored i think against the who did against the grizzlies yes 24 points in the first five and a half minutes of basketball they did that twice in that game yeah they there have been five and a half minute stretches without a made field goal on this team before yeah. probably this season even like dozens of them one would argue yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do that a lot they sure do but it does seem like it's a thing of the past and look i do think a lot yeah. of today's stats will be offense oriented because that is the yeah. thing that's popping off the screen um individual team-wide stuff but yeah this one like you said fourth in offense their half court offense Girtika, is fifth yes fifth. the half court Fifth. Yep. The start of the season, they were like sub Portland Trailblazers. I had a 30th in half court offense tweet saved in my drafts because <laughs> it was so bad for so long. I remember getting excited about, uh, wow, they're 27th now. They made like a jump after a game, and it was like, this is remarkable. This is, this huge. is amazing. Absolute scenes. So they're I guess the fifth. question here, yeah, go ahead. They're sorry, they're fifth since the trade. Yes. Fifth since. Wrote these down somewhere here. Fifth okay. since the trade, fifth, sixth in the ten game, ten games prior. So yeah. even since that like post IST mark, mm-hmm. they've been fifth. So it's been good in that whole stretch. But one hundred and eight point seven points per hundred plays in the half court since the trade. For most of the last two seasons, it's been sub ninety five points per. Crazy. The, the question then becomes, how real is this? We can do this on a scale of uh, 1 to 10, I suppose. Uh, we used to have a game. It's mostly a- after 13 games specifically. It's called uh, the, the Bargs game, uh, where we decide whether it's uh, cooked or al dente as far as a stat. We won't do that here. Uh, we'll save that as the one-off we did with our pal Esperahenny early in the season. But we will, yeah, just do a quick 1 through 10 scale of how much you actually believe that the Toronto Raptors have the fourth best offense in the NBA. Uh, what, where would you slot this in at? I think I'm going to go, I don't know about fourth best NBA, but top 10, probably mm-hmm. around a seven or six or a seven, let's say. Sure. The yeah. first stretch of it, of it being of good signs of it being good was Scotty's shooting, like being real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we got through the first few games and we're like, okay, now this is consistent and real. And he's, shooting this well, being this efficient day in, day out. And then Pascal started shooting the three well again. <laughs> He's and shooting kind of the three ridiculously well of late Ridiculously now. well. Yeah. So, 61% in his last five? Which is insane. Yeah. It's like 45% over like a nine-game sample with like, mm-hmm. what in the world? And he, so that's where it started. So we went from, oh, it looks good, but they only have, what, three and a half good shooters on the team, and it looks good. Yeah. And three and a half could be streaky, maybe not, maybe so. Mm-hmm. But now they added two more. So it's yeah. going to, I think, be more consistently. Not a, what's the right word? A struggle every game. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think, you know, the quickly element to me is like the yeah. biggest reason for the change. Just obviously his own pull-up shooting, just raw numbers. He's about like 46% since the trade. Uh, but also just the impact that his gravity has on everybody else's looks it it just everything comes so much easier going to the basket away from the basket movement shooting Kirtika it's uh 
it's a beautiful thing and uh I, more of it please it'd be really cool if grady yeah. dick could figure it out as well just because of the clear impact that just a tiny little bit of movement shooting can have on this team you mentioned the other shooter brought back in the trade rj barrett and he is the topic of my first stat that i want to throw out there right. uh and, and it's just he's been unbelievable since the trade i don't really know what to do with it i i it's obviously parts of it are going to come back to earth with that you know old friendly yeah. wave of regression to the mean that always comes but here's here's the stat that i pulled about rj barrett per clean the glass he is currently yeah. averaging with the raptors 1.409 points per shot attempt which is the 100th percentile mark in points per shot attempt in the entire nba <laughs> since the trade is R.J. Barrett the best player in basketball is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yes, R.J. 71% true shooting, 68.5 effective yeah. field goal percentage, which is also 100th percentile. Uh, what have you made of this Barrett start? And how much do you believe in his ridiculous off-the-charts efficiency? Obviously, if we're going 10 of 10, we're saying he is the best player in the history of basketball, which probably yes. is a stretch. But scale 1 to 10, how much do you believe in this RJ sort of efficiency renaissance? I don't need any more games to say that he is the best Canadian to play for the Raptors. Yeah, poor Corey easily. Joseph. Lost Sorry, that Corey title Joseph, quick. Chris Boucher, you're great, you're great too, but easily best yeah. Canadian to play for the Raptors. Mm -hmm. Uh I think he's taking the best of an incredible opportunity here. Mm -hmm. And he's been very confident in, in each of his little actions as he, that he's playing in. It, it's been great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the off-ball stuff's been really fun. The I mean, the catch-and-shoot stuff. The cuts, that's the thing. The, the catch-and-shoot will come down. The cuts have been so precise and clean yeah. and just punishing when he gets the ball with a head of steam and just kind of barreling towards the rim. Um, it's been really, really incredible. And I think the other sort of fascinating stat, one of the, the stats that like really concerned me, I suppose, at the time of the trade was if you went back through, you know, cleaning the glass charts where every shot comes from for guys, you know, all the different, you know, at the rim, short, mid range, long, mid range, uh, corner three yeah. above the break three, et cetera, et cetera. If you go back to his shot charts over the course of his career, there was exactly one area of the floor where he had ever shot above average in his entire career. It was from, I think, above the break threes in the 2020-2021 season. And so other has, than that, was, below average. He three that year. Yeah, exactly. And other than that, he was below average from everywhere. Now he's like 82nd percentile or higher in every area of the floor outside of short mid-range. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, it's um, kind of insane. Yeah, like again, he's really just sort of pared down what he's doing. He's yeah. not commandeering possessions, and the Raptors system doesn't really allow for commandeering of possessions, whereas I think yeah. that's kind of the Knicks' whole deal was they have two guys who commandeer the possessions. A third guy yeah, can get in there sometimes, but it's always going to be cluttered. It's always going to yep. be space to navigate, and yeah, it's just it's looking so clean with RJ Barrett right now. And I, I was like full on RJ skeptic coming into this. I was ready for the yeah. sort of wave that you sometimes get where all oh, Canadian guys here. Let's pretend he's 20 percent better than he actually is because he's got the passport. But no, like he's been, he's been everything good. you could want. Yeah, it's been he hit a three off of a, a, uh, a cut last night. Mm -hmm. And it was just wait, did RJ just do that? <laughs> he just do that? <laughs> he was so good. Yeah. And that is even like we're talking about the scoring efficiency right now, but like the, yeah. the playmaking, I think there's the been some pretty interesting flashes. Um, you know, that sort of that lefty pass he can make cross court when he's kind of going downhill is that's like a real yeah. tool in the bag. It's it's a ton of fun. Well, we're loving RJ. So on, 
on StatHead right now, Arjun yeah. has 15 different six-game spans mm-hmm. where he's averaged 20 points and shot 50% or better from the floor. Okay. In So in all of those, he has 21 assists in six games with Raptors. That's mm-hmm. the most of any of those six-game spans. Mm-hmm. That's so the playmaking, something. like the passing. Obviously, it's the system, yeah. too, that, that Darko plays in, but... yeah. System matters. Fit matters. Yeah, Not being matters. overlapped with Julius Randle, who's basically just a two inches taller version of you, matters. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll come back. We've got more fun stats from the first six games of the post OG trade era in Toronto that we'll get into here. We'll do that coming up in just one sec. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. And look, maybe you're traveling. Maybe this time of year you're getting on those hot deals to go down south as the weather's not so good up here. It's important, though, to be prepared because sometimes you're going to fall sick when you go traveling. You don't want to be in a position where you're sick, far away from your home and medical attention, and you don't have any way to take care of yourself. That is where the Jace case comes in. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. Stuff can happen to anyone. It's just the way things go when you're traveling, you don't want to follow, you don't want to ruin your vacation. Having the Jace case just packed in your luggage, it's tiny, it fits in there. The odds are you'll never have to use it, but if you do need to, it's right there for you and you can access Jace Medical's in-house physicians who are there to guide you if you have questions about proper use of medication and all of that different stuff as well. Visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off your order. All right, continuing on here with your first listen of the day, digging in to some stats from the Raptors' first six games with R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly with Kirtika from TSN, uh, the, the queen of Raptors stats. You, you don't like this? You should be walking away with a crown. Accept <laughs> <laughs> the title. Uh, that means you are deserving of the title. If you're unwilling to accept it, it means you're deserving of it. I think that's how it goes in like, uh, like literature, right? Um but let's dive in here to go. What's your next stat? What you got? You had the offense as your number one. What you got for number two? I was going to say the half court, but I guess it's the same, similar along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, the other would be the assists. Yes. Which is Diamond also part up. of the offense. Yeah. The, <laughs> so early on in the season, I mean, they've been doing it. Like they've been top five, top 10 in assists the entire season for the most part. Mm-hmm. As a part of the system that Darko has put in. Mm-hmm. But Earlier on, it was more of like, I wasn't really inclined to use those numbers to say anything because sure, they were assisting on like 68% or 70% of their of their shots. Mm-hmm. But that was at least based off of the eye test. There were still yeah. lots of passing for the sake of passing. And all of a sudden they've passed, made, made seven passes and there's five seconds left on the shot clock and they've gotten, they've gotten nothing. Passing for the sake of passing. Passing for the sake of passing. Yeah. (laughs) So the assist numbers felt a little silly then. Mm -hmm. It didn't, I didn't really like using them. Uh, But again, in that same post in-season tournament stretch, like the, I feel like the playmaking has improved. And now with Quickly and Barrett, they're averaging 30, 30, just over 30.7 or so assists Mm -hmm. in the last six games, 29.7 on the season. Like it's a negligible, negligible difference. Mm-hmm. However, the efficiency is also plays a, fa- a fact in that too. So they're actually technically averaging, I don't know if the right word is more intentional assists. Sure. Whereas before they were shooting what? They had a 53, so 2023, a 53.9 effective field goal percentage, which is 20th yeah. in the NBA, which means they were making 
they're averaging like 29 assists on 42 made field goals a game. Mm-hmm. And now it's a 61.0 effective field goal percentage. Crazy. The Rockers <laughs> 51.0 effective field goal percentage. Uh, that's like second in the NBA, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That, that's the same stretch. For a 30.7 assists. Yeah. It's beautiful. Which is much more, like, it, it's just more intentional. Where it's like, it's just the ball is moving and then it's, it's quick 0.5 basketball. <laughs> it's nice that they can like play 0.5 principles now because yeah. they have like players who can they dribble have the players and... to do so yeah yeah um and this is nothing against og Ananobi. obviously og no. brings a lot to the table he was asked a lot to just kind of be an agent for spacing because there weren't that many agents for spacing on the team and his drive game little mechanical little robotic little less in terms of like drawing in defenders and making quick reads out it was kind of like all right i have the ball i'm either going to pull up for a mid-range j and i might hit it or i'm going to drive and try to score through a guy there wasn't a ton in terms of like the next move coming out of those drives right and i think we're seeing that like quickly in particular he's making tons Mm -hmm. of great reads getting downhill um barrett obviously we just talked about the reads he's making too it's been um an absolute blast to uh to, to watch this all kind of coalesce. So this assist one, I think like nine or ten out of ten, I believe that this is just a thing they do, right? Like again, assists don't do. always mean good offensive production, but it has no. lately. And uh, yeah. I think your point about intentionality is really good. Are you with me there? Like nine out of ten, ten out of ten, this 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 is gonna stick. This is stick, this is gonna stick. Their assist rate is lower in the last six games. Like they're mm-hmm. not assisting as uh, the same like percentage of their field goals, but they're averaging more assists and more field goals because they're, they're just goals. straight buckets now. It's just they can a shoot team of walking buckets. Uh, my second stat I want to throw at you, Dennis Schroeder, the on-off wizard. Yes, he has been so good since assuming the mantle of uh, one of the best backup point guards in basketball. So good, in yeah. fact that he is leading the Toronto Raptors right now in on-off differential since the trade. The Toronto Raptors are 22.6 points per 100 possessions better with Dennis Schroeder on the floor than they are when he's off. The offense gets 15 points more efficient when he's on the floor. The defense gets 7.5 points better when he's on the floor. Uh, Do you buy that Dennis Schroeder is all of a sudden in line to like make a second-half push for six-man of the year? Uh, right now he started 31 games, so he can only start nine more and still maintain eligibility, but he has been unbelievable. I went through some of the numbers on Thursday's podcast, the, the mix of him and Emmanuel quickly and how good they've been in those lineups together. But overall, Schroeder is just driving positive play, no matter who he's playing with right now. Um, how much do you buy this and what have you made of, of Schroeder's run here? I think it's incredible how professional he's been through Mm -hmm. everything. I know there's been lots of talk and. Bad aggregation. Noise, bad aggregation. <laughs> I, don't get me started. Reading comprehension. The dunk central, <laughs> please. Uh, employ it it's, once. It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. But he, the, he embodies the same. I think it, it's when he was playing, when he was starting, there mm-hmm. was definitely more of a hierarchy thing going on a little bit. More mm-hmm. in the sense of not in a, in a negative way, but in a often they couldn't figure out who was doing what when. Yeah, yeah. 
that and it often sense. boiled down to Dennis being like, well, I guess I'll run this okay. pick and roll with no space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's not a thing anymore. It hasn't been since he's been coming off the bench. And it it also helps. I think those numbers help that he doesn't have to play with the Malachi's and the preciousness of those on, during those minutes. Yeah. The, the the sad reality of it all for those people. <laughs> <laughs> the Raptors traded two rotation players and somehow made their bench that much better. Yeah. And that's just a lot, I think. But <laughs> Dennis is a key part of those those bench mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. I think this this sticks 100%. I'm with you. Like we've seen Dennis Schroeder perform extremely well with uh lineups that makes sense with his skill set where there's more shooting and more ball handling to work with i'm not surprised we've seen him i've made this point a couple times you know if you're sick of it and you've heard it too many times on the pod i'm sorry but not everyone listens every day but it's just the difference between being the third best backup point guard in basketball and the third worst starting point guard in basketball it's so unbelievably substantial when you figure in context and fit and lineup combinations and all that it's uh it's been pretty awesome to see Dennis Schroeder gone from guy who made me really angry watching him play basketball to, Hey, I could watch this all day. This is great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was pro starting him at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. because I'm not a, sorry, Gary, I'm not huge on Gary Jr. <laughs> but but I, it came to a point where it was just like, this is just not, there's, there's no, nowhere near enough spacing mm-hmm. on this, especially with all four of yeah. Pascal OG and yeah. Scotty starting as well, like to make that a functioning starting lineup, especially when that plays 10, 15 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So the move to the bench was the perfect thing for him. It, it made all the sense, especially for the three of them that, that, at that point in time. And now with the spacing that they have now, it's, it's even better, right? Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, it, it's just... The the value of just knocking a guy down one or two rungs in the hierarchy in the pecking order yeah. and putting him in a spot where he's not overextended, where he can kind of yeah. tap back into like the on ball defense has been there again from him in a way yeah. it was just not when he was getting just demolished by every screen that was set within five feet of him uh, for a long stretch there. It's been a, a really great return to form here for Dennis Schroeder, one of stretch. the very best backups in the yeah. league. Yeah, stretch. The, the Raptors, uh, Darko Rene. Dennis and bench, technically, a Dennis and bench stretch yesterday mm-hmm. with uh, John T. Porter, Garrett Temple, Chris Boucher. No, sorry, not Chris Boucher. Jalen McDaniels and Gary Trent. Yeah. And it was it was good. That was their best shift. They were yeah. plus 11 in those minutes, in four and a half minutes. Crazy. And that, like, John T. had the majority of scoring and assists in that. But mm-hmm. when you're watching, Dennis is kind of just running everything from the back. And it was amazing hey dennis working with a spacing big too that's not nothing right yeah. like it's uh it all adds up the team sport is uh you know <laughs> it's it easier when the team makes sense as it turns out uh we got two more stats we're gonna run through in the end of the show here to close things yes. out uh, we will do that in just one second my stat is uh, a pretty big sea change for the raptors in an area where they used to be really really prolific and not so much anymore we will get to that and more closing out the show in just one second 
Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the single best way to play daily fantasy sports. It's super duper easy. It's the way it should be, frankly. It's not you against some expert in a basement who's put together an unassailable lineup. It's not you against a thousand experts who spent all day making their lineups. No, it's just you against the projections. Prize Picks sets the projection for given stats for players, and you say whether that player will get more or less. You can put up to six players on an entry, as little as two. And if you get up to six correct on a given entry, you can win up to 25 times your money. That is pretty sweet. You can also play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can do that by going to the Community Plays tab under the Promos tab on the on the app to view some of the entries from the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. And Prize Picks, of course, offers that sweet, sweet reboot policy. If you have a player in a basketball or football game who gets hurt in the first half, doesn't return for the second, that player is rebooted, meaning Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy that is pretty rad. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked in NBA. Use the code locked in NBA for a first deposit match of $200. That's prizepicks.com slash locked in NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a deposit match. The first deposit match of 200 bones with prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrapping up the show here, Sean Woodley, Kirtika Uthaya Kumar from TSN, the queen of Raptors Twitter stats. Uh, if you're not following Kirtika, the handle's on the screen. Follow it right now because she's amazing and has great nuggets that uh, inform all of us dum-dums on the internet and make us all smarter uh so here at the gut third stat i give you the floor what you got uh and, and i guess we didn't talk about the dennis Schroeder thing i didn't give my number you said it's fully real i give it a 10 um as well i think that's holding up uh with that bit of business away what is your third stat and uh let's dive into how real it is what you got um this might be a lot of dennis maybe but the, my third stat is going to be dennis Schroeder in, in emmanuel quickly lineups Okay, Rockers perfect. can finally run two guard lineups that are good. Right? They're fun. <laughs> Having two really guards, period. What a remarkable thing. Two guards. <laughs> two whole <laughs> guards. <laughs> yep. Yep. They can finally do those now. And, and Eric Flynn has, sheds a tear been, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, poor Raptors guy. Raptors Nation. <laughs> uh, yeah, they can finally run two whole guards. They've even run three guard lineups in the last... Right couple games which is with gary dennis and iq all together mm-hmm. but the emmanuel quickly dennis schroeder lineups are, are plus outscoring teams by 18 points for 100 possessions in their 86 minutes mm-hmm. plus 35 overall yeah and that i think that's the fact that they can do that maybe it's just like the bars on the ground sort of thing <laughs> from what we've had to kind of go through all this the last couple of seasons but that's amazing yeah, and I think that, you know, we talked about Dennis at length already, but the just the different combos they can run with guys yeah. who can maintain the offense. Even It's not even just Dennis and Quickly, right? Like Dennis and RJ have been really strong as a duo as well. Yeah. And you can like actually kind of carve out lineups where you don't need everything to hinge upon Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. That's a beautiful thing. I know there's like, yeah. you know, some concern trolling about, oh, Scotty's usage is down. I was like, well, no, because the team's better and it all makes the more sense. Stop counting also, possessions. Stop leave. using usage in yes. a individual. Go one, off. It's, it's not, <laughs> it, it is misleading and dishonest to use just usage mm-hmm. as a, in a conversation about hierarchy or what player is more important to it. Like that's, no, yeah. that's not a thing. Yeah, the usage percentage is calculated is an estimate of a player's possessions of sorry of how many possessions a player uses Mm -hmm. 
while he's on the floor. Yeah. So it's not like an overall like game thing either. And it's calculated using the end of possessions, right? So it's field goal, like how possession ends is what is what is used to make those estimates. So it doesn't include anything that happens before the turnover or the bucket or the miss, like it mm-hmm. or the free throws. It also notably doesn't include like Scotty Barnes draws two dudes and passes out for a wide open three. Like that's a Scotty possession leading to good offense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, You can use like the usage and assist together, but just using, I'm so sorry. My biggest pet peeve. No, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) The hell I die on listing, listing out a player's usage percentage in an individual game or even a small sample without any other context mm-hmm. is it means nothing. You're just trying to, do, or maybe do you don't understand that. Rile up the Scotty stands. Is that what it is? Yeah. Like, yeah. We can, we can call it what it is. It's fine. Yeah. We all got to get engagement somehow. Um. It just, it, it's misleading. It's, it's not saying, Oh, his usage is down. He's not doing this is. Yeah. Yeah or Pascal's taking away from Scotty. It's that's just not what it is. Also like when the team is winning basketball games, who cares the exact like we don't need to do you don't need to be an accountant at the abacus counting possessions and be like, "Oh, that's <laughs> exactly. not enough possessions. I'm going to write that down in my little book here." Like, no, like yeah. It's it's, it's all it's harmonious too into the nerd. good ball. Yeah. 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 It's too much uh, into the nerd, I think that goes. Well, <laughs> well, now uh, I've, you've spawned an idea for an episode where I have to bring you back now, where we just go through all of your biggest stat pet peeves. That sounds like a ton of fun, and I very much look forward to it. <laughs> I hope you in- accept the invitation back. Uh, if I it, it might get uh, canceled, if, so maybe not. If, you, if I haven't scared you away with my uh, Muppet-adjacent projection and voice, then we're good. Um <laughs> But yeah, I uh, I love the IQ Dennis number. That's great. And, and frankly, I think that's like an eight or a nine as well, holding up as it has. Yeah. Obviously, lineups, when they play lots of minutes together, they're probably going to come down from the extreme super high outcomes that yes. they're getting. But, they played 24 uh, minutes last night, and yeah. it was even, which is still good. Right, right. Um, but yeah, good stuff there. My last one, we're, we're going a little away from the offense, although still on the offensive end. And I again, we'll, we'll have to do one on defense where the numbers are less fun because it's kind of grim. We're going to pretend, yeah. Yeah, defense. <laughs> Who needs defense when you're a top five offense now? That's what I say. Exactly. Like the, the Kings were fine last year. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, for me, offensive rebounding. That's the thing that's popped off, just kind of looking at things that have drastically changed. Like there's still... <laughs> a team that's moving the ball a ton. There's still a team that is, uh, you know, living at the rim. There's still a team that is going to run a whole bunch. There's also used to be a team that really spammed the offensive glass, even this season, like less so than under Nick nurse with Darko, but still a pretty heavy offensive rebounding team since the trade, the Toronto Raptors 27th in offensive rebounding percentage. And I guess this is just like a thing where our offense is good. Like, why do we got to crash the boards to get all these brick assists for when we can just (laughs) four baskets on the first shot? That's pretty cool. But obviously, offensive rebound percentage is just the percentage of available offensive rebounds that you collect. That you you collect, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about this? Like, is this something that feels like a tangible change in the way they're playing? Is this small sample weirdness and they will kind of tick back up? as a team that still hunts the offensive glass, even though their offense is good as they're like low hanging fruit, they're not grabbing there. What's your read on this? The offensive rebounding being so down compared to recent seasons. I think, uh, obviously it's a completely different change of play style. So they do 
they're moving the, like the ball up faster. So they're not mm-hmm. hanging around as long as that makes sense. And they're not trying to, I mean, I guess the offensive class, but I don't think they will be as great of an offensive rebounding team, like not mm-hmm. at least top five or leading the NBA top 10 though. However, sure. they are 13th right now in second chance points overall in the last six games, that number is 12.8. So they're scoring 13.3 points off of offensive rebounds mm-hmm. on the season. 12.8 is still decent as opposed sure. to, like, sure, they're not getting as many offensive rebounds, but they're scoring on the ones that they are getting. Yeah, I, I think um, that checks out based on what we've seen so far. I also think maybe we've seen this kind of creep into their identity a little bit over the course of yeah. the season. And I think especially now the effort. they're a team that like seems to really pride itself on not letting other teams run a bunch, right? Like on the season, they're number three in transition frequency allowed since the trade, they're number two, just 11.8% of opponent possessions are coming in transition. So maybe with the offense having more potency to it, there's just an understanding here of, okay, like we can afford to just kind of get back avoid getting into these sort of transition pong battles back and forth and just kind of clean up that area, which was not an area where they were particularly good. Right now, like they're bad at allowing points in transition. They're 26th in points per play allowed. Um, They're just not giving up a ton of those opportunities. So it's helping them out here. But I wonder if maybe we see a bit more of a focus on, you know what, our offense can hang. Let's just get back and, and not send extra guys to the glass and just kind of try to clean up that area of the house, which is kind of a big mess right now when it happens again, yeah. the frequencies, I think a pretty encouraging thing there, but um, where would you go? Like scale of one to 10 and how real do you think this 27th and offensive rebounding percentage is? I'm going to say three or four. I don't think it mm. sticks to that low. Um, some of those numbers are also because Yak's been out for a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, but either they get a replacement or in terms of, Fitzpatrick or the vibes are incredible right now. <laughs> Why wouldn't you go bring big, 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 big bring back big business? Uh, God, that's a, that's a tongue twister. I'm just not good at saying words, as it turns out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think yeah. a single better way you could double down on the vibes right now than to bring back biz. <laughs> no, that's the easiest easiest way to make it that much more fun. But yeah, I don't think it lasts. I think they don't. They're, they're not going to be a top ten offensive rebounding team again, or at least mm-hmm. not in the same way. But Normal, average. Yeah, I think that's about right. I would, yeah, probably like a five or a six, I would say. that this. I might believe a little bit more that they're just kind of abandoning the offensive rebounding thing. Not fully, but much more than they have in the past. Because, yeah. um, again, it's the luxury of having an offense that uh, hits shots on the first attempt. It is You don't need to hang wild. around for the board. <laughs> the reason they were so good at offensive rebounding, even like, obviously, we all use the, the per- Per game as a general yeah. number two, as opposed to the offensive rebounding rate. Yeah. And they were always so good at offensive rebounding because they were missing <laughs> so many shots. Yeah. They took the most <laughs> shots and had the most offensive rebounds because they missed <laughs> so many. They were just <laughs> like totally rigging the stats. Like, we can't shoot. We're going to crash and not get back. And uh, we're going to get way more possessions than anybody else as well. Yeah. We're just setting ourselves up to hang some sort of offensive rebounding banner as the one thing that we do well. It's nice. It's still a brave new world where they can play off. (laughs) It's pretty wild. Uh, Kirithika, this has been awesome. It's hard to to believe. (laughs) 
This has been awesome. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to hang out, dig into some numbers here. Um, we'll have to have you back again for Kirtika's list of really dumb stats. Really can't wait for that. Um, but in the meantime, where can people check out all the great stuff you do? Uh, just my Twitter. I think I definitely fire off sometimes too many tweets. There's not Twitter, too many and tweets. then I do. <laughs> you know, such I thing also when the have team like is a little, fun. right? Right. <laughs> Uh, I also have a little Substack thing where I post, I just do notes every day for myself. Cool. So I figured I'd post them myself online. That's awesome. Perfect. Everyone go subscribe there and uh, we'll put the link for that in the description of the podcast if you want to do that. And we would love to have you back again sometimes. Great. This is awesome having, having you. So much we'll, fun. Uh, hopefully all these numbers hold up exactly as we thought they would. And we can just uh, yes. have an episode later when we talk about all your biggest grievances with the stats community. We can also uh, talk about how right we were on things. That's always fun. Yes. Uh, we'll leave it there, though. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow, subscribe to, rate, review, tell a friend. It's always appreciated when you support the show. However you support the show, we're also on YouTube. You can join us over there. Subscribe to the videos each and every day. We'll be back again on Monday. Talk about the end of the road trip against the Utah Jazz and look ahead to a bit of a tough homestand. OG Ananobi's return coming next week. It's uh, lots of stuff to dig into. Or is it next week, two weeks from now? Who knows? It's all fake. Time is fake. The 20th. There, this is great. This is perfect. Uh, either way, thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks for hanging. Extend Pascal Siakam now. Bye-bye.